Bitcoin. Welcome to another POW Market Update. My name is Ansel Leonard. This is Bitcoin and Markets. This is not investment advice, people. Do your own research. Let's get started. All right, folks, it's been a few days since I've got one of these episodes out, but let's get going on a new market update. Tons of stuff has happened. So just a quick recap. Um, price shot up uh, into this 2x, uh, the calling off of 2x, all the way up to 78.88 on Bitstamp, uh, followed by an immediate drop. Uh, a lot of it was due to uh, the this worry about well we already were headed towards kind of a topping on the charts and a turnover um, headed to uh, somewhat of a correction and then this 2x happened and that reversed that trend temporarily until uh, just a few hours later and it started dropping uh, this seemed like a pre-planned coordinated attack and uh, it happened on a holiday weekend just a couple days before this hard fork for bcash and the the price for bcash started pumping so i think these like i said if you guys follow me on twitter i said this several weeks ago um, and if i can find it i'll throw it in the show notes for you but i had a series of tweets talking about how this um 2x and bcash were kind of a pincer move on bitcoin they were coordinated together uh, and that seems to be coming true now is that did everybody that was in the NYA know about that? Mm, maybe not. I, I think some of the smaller players definitely didn't. Some of the bigger players, like um, the CEO of of uh, Blockchain.info, he definitely knew about it. I'm thinking Garzik knew about it. Barry Silbert had to have known about it. Um, he probably didn't like it, and so that's kind of why he pushed himself out of the limelight with this because he he didn't really like what he was getting into and. He wanted just to let this play out. Um, let's see, who else knew about this? Probably, well, it, it looks like Ted Rogers and maybe Wences Cesaris from Zappo didn't know about it because they've been tweeting in a in a manner that they're not supporting Bcash. So I don't know if they knew about this. Um, definitely the guys at BitPay knew about this. And, uh, you know, some of the bigger, bigger players in this. Mike Belshi definitely knew about it. So... Um, yeah, we saw this automatically move over to Bcash. Bcash started pumping in price and on no fundamentals. I mean, they still have 50 transactions per block. So nobody's using it. Everybody is like half of holders dumped their Bcash. So they have a much smaller network effect, much more centralized distribution of coins over there on Bcash. The miners have not started selling like this unknown miner. Uh, that's out there mining a majority of the blocks here for Bcash before this hard fork, and subsequently since the hard fork as well, um, they they have two addresses that have a ton of coins. I think something like sixty or seventy thousand Bcash at this point. They haven't dumped them on the market to pay their bills, but eventually they're going to do that. So the pump lasted. It was coordinated with Bitthumb. Um, there's reports out there that I tend to believe that some the Bitthumb is. Um, kind of beholden to the Korean mafia and that the server went down at the all-time high and stuck a lot of people in their positions. Uh, the Korean mafia is pretty pissed off at Bitthumb. They'll probably get sued and they'll probably get uh, settled out of court or uh, maybe even taken down. I don't know. It's a pretty big deal over there. So Bitthumb might not be supporting the next pump is what I'm getting at. 
of course, all these people that went in with Roger Ver are scamming themselves. They, they, they put their money on the wrong horse. It was not able to sustain uh, that level. And we've seen subsequently it shot all the way to, I think, like $2,500 and then has crashed down. Now, now it went below down to $900 overnight here. And it just keeps going down. And I'll talk a little bit about the difficulty, I think, uh, as we move on here. But all right, Bitcoin. So that's that's what brings us to this point. So where are we at now? Bitcoin crashed down, bounced off 54, I think because it was somewhat of an artificial consolidation. And lots of Wall Street people are coming in buying OTC, you know, private OTC that we can't like track how much they're buying, but um, they're, they're buying OTC and uh, people, there's just a ton of demand out there. I, mean, I was saying that there's a ton of demand under 7,000 and I think it got bought up pretty well. So we had a hard bounce and we've been up ever since straight up, almost kind of uh, uncomfortably just straight up several hundred dollars every single day since that point. Right now, Bitstamp 7410, that makes a Finney worth, which is one ten thousandth of a Bitcoin, worth 74 cents. Three month futures 7320. We've been stuck in this backwardation again. We did turn positive several times throughout this last week, um, which I think is a good sign. I mean, it's it's showing that there's not imminent uh, people aren't uber uh, bearish from a future standpoint, but it is nice for kind of the BitMEX funding. And, um, you know, they could there's there's a shortage of dollars on these markets, so it's going to be pushing the price up, in my opinion. Um, okay. So there's a spread of about $90 still. Market cap for Bitcoin is $125 billion. It's just, Before you know it, we're going to be at 200 billion people. Before you know it. Global Bitcoin market cap, that includes all the altcoins and the ICO coins and the bullshit fork coins. <laughs> that is at $220 billion. That leads to a maximum price of, oh crap, I didn't figure that out. Let me see. Maximum price of $13,171. Let me change this. Okay. Average uh, transaction value on chain is $8,545. So, and that's the average transaction value. So even if the average fee is $10 or $15, it's a small, it's small in comparison to the average transaction value nobody very few people are using bitcoin to send five dollars to somebody that's you know that can be used on paypal or that should be done on paypal and not on bitcoin bitcoin is for these larger transactions a settlement layer it's funny people will call it bitcoin settlement well you know what yes i I think that's dumb because Bitcoin Cash, if you fill up those blocks, like let's say you fill up the blocks to 20 megabytes or something, there's more settlement happening on Bcash. There's 20 megabytes worth of settlement happening versus um, up to four on regular Bitcoin. So there's calling it Bitcoin settlement is dumb because there's more settlement happening on the bigger blocks. Anyways, okay, that just shows you how these people don't understand what they're talking about but i mean 85 45 for the average transaction value is over one bitcoin and you know my kind of target for this is one bitcoin is going to be the average transaction size i'll talk a little bit more about fees here in a minute 
the BTC value transacted on chain. Let's see what we got here. 2.3 billion. That's not an all-time high, but that's in 24 hours. 2.3 billion dollars worth of Bitcoin transacted on chain. Okay, uh, difficulty. This is kind of a I've been really watching this and kind of studying it and thinking a lot about difficulty, both in relation to Bitcoin and to Bcash, their hat, their difficulty algorithm, their difficulty adjustment algorithm change hard fork that they just had. But let's talk about numbers here. So Bitcoin, SEPA's numbers have a negative 30% decline. That is gigantic. And of course, Bcash doesn't want that to happen. Jihan doesn't want Bitcoin to go down 30%. Because that's going to make it much more profitable to mine Bitcoin versus Bcash. And they're going to lose miners that way. They, I don't think they're going to let this drop by 30%. Fork.lol, their numbers are 6%. And they have negative 6%. And they have been much more accurate over these last couple months with this Bcash thing. That, that's because they were specifically designed to um, figure out how to figure out in this game that they're having this, this uh, dynamic miner situation. But I link to both of those places, uh, both of those sources in the show notes. I estimate about a negative 5%. It might not even be that low. Because like I said, they're going to try to keep Bitcoin ha Bitcoin's hash rate up. And I'm not worried about this. Now, um, the first time I heard that proof of work is war, I think it was on Bitcoin Uncensored a couple years ago. And I totally believe that. I think that per... Per mining algorithm, SHA-256, there can be one dominant coin. There can't be two. Like Bitcoin Cash can't have 25% or 50% of the hash rate and Bitcoin have the other 50%. Um, mining is war. Proof of work is war. So I agree with that. And I think it's going to turn out to be where Bcash might survive, but with 1% of the hash rate. I mean, there's other 256 coins out there that survive at a very low level. For a long time off speculative you know just a speculative fervor so you might mine some coins at a loss compared to bitcoin but hoping that they pump up 300x right uh, and i think that's going to be big uh, bcash's situation eventually all right mempool 13 megabytes it's down from a high of 50 megabytes during this latest spam attack um but if you look at these numbers, and I do have a couple links here in the show notes for you guys to check out, um, half of these unconfirmed transactions were for one Satoshi per byte. That, that The fee was almost, was basically the smallest you could put out there. And of course, those are going to be stuck in the mempool for a long time. They flooded the mempool like that. Um, but remember, this is counter to their, their interest in the long term. Fees, that pushes fees up. And fees are protection against the spam. As the fees go up, the reward actually goes up, makes Bitcoin more profitable to mine. There was one block that had 13, I think, uh, 13 Bitcoins worth of fees higher than the block reward itself. So that makes Bitcoin more profitable to mine, makes it more competitive versus other uh, coins that are mining on the same algorithm SHA-256. Just a very interesting dynamic here. I mean, fees were meant to protect against spam. But I, I go into that a little bit more even later. I think I'm going to do a whole show, um, my next full-length thing on fees and a couple, like two or three topics that I can go a little bit more in-depth on.
because people have been asking me for my opinion on fees and because I, I, I have a tweet out there that got, you know, slowly is getting popular over, uh, over the last week. And then that's when I said, fees are designed to protect the network. And that is kind of controversial thought, but I, I'm pretty sure that's right. All right. So that's mempool. OTC. This is very interesting. Um, Ledger X. Well, we, let me talk about the main numbers here. So local Bitcoins is 62 million. Uh, that was a weekly number from five days ago. So uh, in this recent push up, uh, we might have had more volume, but we'll have to wait a couple more days for the new weekly numbers to come out. But that was 62 million for that week. Paxful at 9 million for that, that week. Neither of them all time highs, but approaching and going in the right direction. Ledger X uh, for last week was uh, 2.6 million dollars worth of bitcoin let me make sure that's correct yes 2.6 million and um there was volume on saturday and sunday i'm not sure if that's going to be typical but on their api they had volume on saturday and sunday uh, the big development here is the gigantic pickup in volume this last week so before this week let me go back to my numbers here before this week the largest daily volume in dollar terms was $681,000 worth of swaps, okay, on Ledger X. On Monday, we had 714. So already on Monday, it, that was $714,000. We already had an all-time high for daily volume on swaps on Ledger X. Then on Tuesday, it hit $1.6 million worth of swaps. And yesterday tuesday or sorry um wednesday it hit 1.8 million i mean huge volume so so far this week already 4.2 million it's almost doubled from the week prior and it's it's on um it's on target to like triple this week to go almost up to paxwell's number of 9 million so that's pretty huge and remember i'm considering this ledger x swap an otc because it's a fully collateralized next day swap so it is in my mind, an OTC trade. But that's pretty big. I'm going to be watching that for the rest of the week. I will be tweeting that out on my uh, BTC MRKTS, Bitcoin Markets, Bitcoin and Markets on Twitter, BTC MRKTS. So check that out. I've been putting a, more effort into putting a lot of charts. I put a, a chart out there for Bcash yesterday. I put a chart out there for Bitcoin and Dash. Um, I'm also uh, have some kind of market updates real time. So when we were approaching funding on BitMEX yesterday, uh, where the shorts pay the longs uh, a lot, and they've been paying longs a lot on, on BitMEX because of the backwardation. Um, you know, I'm, I'm tweeting out when those, those events are coming up. So follow me uh, on Twitter there. But also my normal handle, just Ansel Lindner, that is uh, kind of my thoughts. Where I'm discussing some of these things like difficulty, um, this hard fork stuff, I, I do, I try to be a little bit more serious um, recently but uh, you know Twitter's fun Bitcoin is so entertaining uh, trolling is a little bit fun so uh, it's take it for what it's worth whatever Bitcoin Okay, so stories. Let's get in a few stories here. 
Now, Lightning Network is a big, remember, Lightning Network is going to be on Bitcoin. It's not going to be on Bcash. It's not going to be on some of these other Bitcoin forks that we see out there, especially people that hate SegWit. Like Blockchain.info refuses to implement SegWit. And, and Coinbase refuses to implement SegWit, even though that is what the users want. That's what their customers want. And they, they constantly are saying that fees are high. So why don't they freaking use SegWit? Because they're against it and they don't want to give the users a good service. So they're, their lunch is going to be eaten by the Square stuff. If you guys have been watching Square, you know that little uh, Square plugin that you can put on your phone. It's a cash app. Like you pay with credit cards through it. It's also like a peer-to-peer type Ven- Venmo competitor. Um, that's coming up. They are, they're, it looks like they're going to at least test uh, buying and selling Bitcoin in their app. Very similar to how Circle did it, which was very convenient. So the onboarding process that Coinbase is going through, like 50,000, which is kind of a bullshit number. I don't really believe it from Coinbase every week. Um, they're they're going to have to compete directly against uh, this Square Cash. And it's funny, it's called Cash App, but they're selling Bitcoin, not Bcash. Okay, but... Um, so they complained about this lightning network that's it's so far away. And it is. I think, how long did it take people to get comfortable using Bitcoin in general? A couple years, maybe? I mean, it's easy to send a transaction, but knowing how to manage your keys, knowing how to manage your money, like with a hardware wallet, um, hot wallet, how to go about doing that, um, it took a couple years. And I agree, lightning is going to be a very similar learning curve. Big businesses will be using it first. The the more competent, uh, more technical people will be using these things first. They'll also be setting up Lightning routes first so that they can get like the prime real estate on the Lightning network. But hey, that's a risk. They're taking on risk. They're being entrepreneurs by setting up these routes and getting everything connected, keeping it distributed. They're doing a service for people and they're going to be the most connected nodes, getting the most fees on the Lightning network. But anyway, um, so I do think it's going to take a little while to get the Lightning Network bootstrapped, but we're going to see benefits immediately from these highly technical, high-volume people switching over to that way. And they will be able to blaze the trail and get the standards set up and yada, yada, yada. So it's, it's, it's natural what's happening here. Well, there's a new paper out. It's called Micropayment Channel Networks, and I put a link in the show notes. Um, it is about kind of a sub-layer to Lightning. So if if you could say the protocol level is, you know, the consensus layer, then you have layer two on top of that, which is the Lightning Network. This sits between those two, and it reminds me conceptually a little bit of like Masternodes, um, where you have um, an app. It's, it, well, okay, so these it's groups, and they will be able to open and close new routes uh, without settling to the blockchain. Um, it will have some trust, but you you will be able to set up groups, or you, you know you'll be able to use trusted groups like maybe um, Coinbase or Bitfinex. They'll have a trusted group that can open and close these channels, uh, and you can. It'll be cryptographically still your Bitcoin, so you will be able to close them at will and get your Bitcoin. But uh, if you stay within their kind of ecosystem here, then uh, it'll be much easier and cheaper for you to do that. And like I said for a long time, there's going to be these ecosystems. So Coinbase is going to have their ecosystem. Bitfinex is going to have its ecosystem. Uh, 
Kraken, except Poloniex for sure. So et cetera, et cetera. That's how these, these things are going to be built out. And this fits perfectly into that and makes lightning easier to bootstrap in my opinion, but it's interesting. Check out that paper. It's approachable even for me. Okay. Next thing is core 0.15.1 is released right in the middle of this civil war that we're happening. The core devs march on, right? And I think it was Beauty On on Twitter. He released this little GIF or little like 10 second movie clip that was called the March of Bitcoin. He's called it. And it's like, it's a soldier of some sort marching through a field where there's um, bombs going off, explosions, and they just keep marching forward. And that is exactly what Core is doing, releasing 0.15.1. And there's a bunch of improvements. I linked to a description of that in the show notes. You can also go to, uh, Bitcoin.org, I think, or BitcoinCore.org to look at some of those things. Bcash update. All right. Um, there's so much to talk about on Bcash. These are kind of older notes from a few days ago, but I'm going to talk about them anyway. So Vayer moved his coins to Bitfinex. He had um, like 250,000 coins in a single wallet that he had used to sign for voting uh, on our Bitcoin and um, his website's forum. So people know that those are his coins, 250,000, and he moved them in off of that address and to a Bitfinex wallet. Then after that, we started seeing 2000 BTC uh, cell walls. Okay. Bear, a bear whale is out there and then people suspect that it's Roger. I think that's the case. I'll have to find, it was from low strife. I'll have to find the tweet, uh, but yeah, he had a chart of where the coins arrived. And then a few hours later, these 2000 Bitcoin sell walls started coming up. And plus then Bitfinex's price was down like $150 under stamps price. So there definitely was price suppression on Bitfinex that way. Are those all his coins? Maybe. 250000 is quite a few. And <laughs> probably are, but we'll see. We'll see if he signs another voting thing on his website or RBTC with those with those coins after he takes them off or something. But I, I don't think he's dumb enough to sell all those coins. You know, it's it's a scare tactic, right? I'm going to put two hundred fifty thousand. I'm going to spend maybe twenty thousand uh, bitcoins trying to keep this price down and crash it. Uh, but I'm not dumb enough to sell all of my coins. Right. And eventually he's going to turn it around the other way and be selling Bcash for Bitcoin. So whatever he sells today, he's got to be buying tomorrow unless he's a total moron. I mean, there's no question that Bitcoin is going to win this. Everybody hates Bcash. Everybody knows. Well, they don't hate it, but they know it's a joke. Everybody knows it's a joke. And even Jihan Wu blew up at some conference when someone called it Bcash. And he said, Bitcoin cash is not Bcash. Okay. Well, I'll tell you, Bitcoin Classic is now Bitcoin Cash. So I'm going to refer to uh, Classic as Bitcoin Cash and Ru, uh, Ru, Wu and Rogers coin as Bcash because I think it's going to trigger them. It's going to be funny. <laughs> anyway, you guys can read about that. I linked to a Reddit uh, thread about this Roger and his Bitfinex coins. Next, next thing is also about Jihan here. He tweeted a few times telling the Bcash community to be nice to other coins. Look, guys, we, we have to work together with these other coins and these other communities. It's best to be welcoming and nice and friendly. Well, I immediately jumped on that and I was like, hey, well, 
How about instead of having anti-competitive patents, you put your patents into a defensive patent pool like Blockstream has, and you keep talking about their patents on quote-unquote SegWit, which is completely, which is complete BS. They have an open, anybody can use it. They put, Blockstream puts their patents into this pool to protect the open and um, availability for anyone to use them. So other people cannot come and patent these things. Now, Jihan, on the other hand, has 30-some patents, anti-competitive, uh, held in an anti-competitive way. So other people can't use the same technology. He's even suing uh, his engineers that leave to start their own chip manufacturing company. He's suing them because they're copying his patented chips, even though these engineers are the ones that created it in the first place. So um, he's just throwing around patents left and right, using the power of the state to get what he wants. And while they're blaming Blockstream of doing that, uh, it's just crazy. Okay, um, upcoming, I'm going to be recording some uh, new uh, a new full-length episode. Like I said, I'm going to be talking about fees that I think are great. Fees are good, especially for holders. Fees are awesome because they protect you. They protect the Bitcoin network. So I'll be going more in-depth on that in the future here shortly. Bitcoin. That's all, guys. Thank you for listening. My name is Ansel Lindner. This is Bitcoin and Markets. If you like to support the show, go to patreon.com forward slash Bitcoin and Markets. Support independent media. Get get the news straight from the community, and that's what you do when you support people like me and um, you know other content producers right in the space. So uh, patreon.com forward slash Bitcoin and Markets. Thank you to all my patrons that are supporting me right now. You guys are so awesome for supporting independent media. So here's a big high five to you guys. Peace. Thanks for listening. Pat Bitcoin, chomp, chomp, chomp.